Welcome to a special episode of Tell I Talk. This is Chris. And this is Rocco. And Rocco and I are going to be talking all about DC Future State. And so, Rocco, this is uh, something you really pushed me to read. I was I not did. hesitant. Well, maybe I was hesitant, right? Because I was kind of complaining to you at times about all these reboots and future jumps and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, here's another one. And I was tempted to wait for the app until Infant Frontier came out. You're like, read it. I read it. And then immediately binged 90% of Future State. So uh, that I appreciate you fully for, my friend. (laughs) Well, you're welcome, first of all. Um, No, uh, honestly, like this really like Future State. um, I like to say Future State and Joker War really pulled me back into reading DC comics. Um, You know, I, I read comics at a very young age and then kind of gave up on them around high school uh, because I chose that. I just wanted girls instead because that's what we do in high school. Right. Um, Right. But, you know, getting older, having kids and, you know, starting to read comics again, I really wanted to get into some good stories. Joker war was great. And then right after we have future state came, you know, close, close to that, we'll say. Um, And it hooked me. It was just a new way to look at these heroes in a, in a completely different and uncomfortable time period. And I love what they put into it. And I can't wait to talk about it today. Yes. And I'm, and I'm hoping to broaden your DC horizons a little bit more as, as time goes on. So we're getting there. Um, yeah, we're getting there. And I will, um, and I am definitely going to take a look at some more Batman books as well uh, as your, as your recommendation. So Sweet. let's, uh, let's jump into it. Cause we have a lot to unpack here. Yes. Yes. So um, we're going to start in the year 2025. Um, Now, these books, again, future state. (laughs) So we're looking at the future. So these years are going to get pretty crazy. So, you know, keep on keep on listening. You're going to enjoy this. So starting it, we start future state in the year 2025. And we start with uh, a two book um, series uh, for uh, Batman, Superman. And that's by Gene Luen Yang and Ben Oliver. And um, this really starts the whole future state thing because we have a new group called the magistrate and the magistrate are uh, a paramilitary group that have been brought into Gotham as a private police force, but really for masks and this anti no mask um, laws that are in effect um, due to Mayor Nakano and what he's trying, his agenda he's pushing, um, which has been no masks. And that really started, if I'm correct, in the in Detective Comics um, when Nakano lost his eye um, during Joker War. And a lot of this is because of the Joker War and that uh, masks beget masks. So no, if you're a hero or if you're a villain, you're still wearing a mask. And it needs to be illegal. So here, Batman and Superman are, are looking for a drug. Um, gosh, I'm sorry. The name of the it escape it changes your face, makes your face change. And the guess was because the magistrate is using facial tech technology, facial uh, recognition technology, that these kids are taking this drug so they can still vandalize stuff and 
be punks without the facial recognition um, software being able to see who they are. Oh, that, you know, that's, that's kind of a crazy thing, right? Because I, I picked up the, the first new issue of Batman, right? And this is really laying the foundation for what's coming, right? Yeah. Um, because this is the near future, right? Yep. This is the near future. And what I like is that I, I, we're not going to get off on this tangent, but Batman 106, which is the newest one that you, you said you read, um, that was the pitch meeting for the magistrate to Gotham, and they haven't yet signed off on it. Fast forward to Batman Superman, the magistrate is start. They're just starting to get their their claws into Gotham. Really? Superman comes and in essence, Batman works with Superman. Superman gets hit with some kryptonite. You find out that pig is behind all this pig creeps me out, man. I don't like him. Uh, if you've played the Arkham series of games, I, it was Arkham uh, Arkham Knight. Uh, his boss battle was something out of a horror movie. Um, I Yeah, I, he scares me. I don't like him. So anyway, long story short. Batman says to at the end of all of it, Batman says to Clark, look at this. And he a blazer blast, like almost takes Clark's head off. And he he gets up and he goes Superman beast mode and his eyes are red. Like, explain yourself, Bruce. (laughs) And Bruce is showing they cloned using DNA of Superman. They cloned his eyes, an eye on the back of like a rat. And Batman just held it up to kind of prove a point. And he says, they're cloning you. Get out of my city. That was one of the craziest things that I that I took away from that comic were the, all the eyes everywhere. Yes. And it freaked me out. Um, yes. Because I was having a hard time remembering how Superman departed this book with all this stuff happening. And then we'll fast forward in a little while and talk about that stuff where he ends up so he basically was told to get out right yeah he was Batman told him get out of my city um you you will be a hindrance and Clark of course did his Clark thing he's a boy scout no bud we're gonna we're gonna do this together and Batman's like get the hell out of my city and and Superman gets all pissy and starts to fly away and goes I am gonna leave but that's because I trust you that's why and leaves. And and I love that conversation at the end of the book, because to me, that really felt like Batman Superman. Like that was really like, you know, that was that was them. And there was a little piece like where you got Batman's thinking that he didn't say out loud to Clark or didn't say out loud to Superman, where it's, you know, the next time you come here and they'll kill you. But that's just what he was thinking. It wasn't because Batman's not going to ever admit that he cares about Superman. He's never, you know, there's no butterflies with Batman. No, not at all. Not at all. So that was your Batman Superman. Um, we move in still in 2025, the next Batman. Um, the next Batman I loved, and it's going to be going into, I believe, what's called the Second Son. Yes. That will be coming out. Um, this is the next Batman because it is the next person to take on the mantle with the technology. And that is Tim Fox, one of the sons of Lucius Fox. Um, he also likes to be called Jace. I'm still trying to understand that whole situation. I'm not sure if you had any light to shed on that. The whole like, call me Jace. I, 
I didn't. I just maybe just identification, you know, just wanting to be called something else. I I don't know. Maybe there's more backstory to that coming. Uh, I'm hoping. Um, but really, it's a family in in shambles, um, not money wise. I just want to ask a quick question about yeah. Lucius, because this is something I picked up on. And I definitely missed in Joker War, which I'm which I'm going back and reading now on the apps and hitting mm-hmm. that finally. And that will that will tell me the story, right? Because this whole thing with Lucius Fox is a big deal. With him having the Wayne money. Right. And he's very he um well I, I you're reading it, right? Joker War. So like I don't wanna No, no, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. But I that's that's where this all happens, right? Is during yeah. that that event okay yes so that is completely there and i i really messed up here so um the next batman by the way is by john ridley nick darrington and laura braga um and there are a whole bunch of side stories as well outsiders arkham knights batgirls which i want to talk about definitely and then gotham city sirens um but anyway um they're the fox family they're billionaires they have the wayne money um the uh tim is the next batman lucius is kind of in the background because of what happened during joker war so i can't really touch on that too much but their mom lucius's wife is hardcore lobbying against masks and it's ironic that her son is Batman, of whom she thinks is incredibly dangerous. Now, this is a time where everyone, where Bruce Wayne is dead. Batman is dead. He is gone. And this is, this is who we have now. This is our new hero. And I really, really loved what they did. I love the new suit. He is, I love that he calls upon what he thinks Bruce would have done or what Batman would have done. Um, I love I loved that. Um, that couple that he rescued um, that like beat the snot out of him, but he said, I'm, I'm still taking you in was wild. And then the choice he had to make at the end to maim his own mother. Right. Um, and that split second was, was great. I know it's elephant in the room when it comes to popular media right now and um, comic books, but I think that there's something to be said to have the first black Batman and I don't mean a sidekick. I don't mean an, an ancillary character. Batman is Batman. He is Batman. And he's also a person of color. And they didn't shoehorn him in. It was a great story. And it made sense. Yeah, and especially with John really breaking into the comic front uh, to write this. And I think that right there is the different differentiation from what they had originally had planned for the spring or for for this new event for dc Mm -hmm. and when they change it all to be a lot more inclusive and you can see that across all of these books and i think that it was the right move because the stories they are able to tell and the new characters they're able to introduce uh really really are you know monumental in my opinion i i couldn't agree with you more um, I love this book. I will be reading Second Son. I want to know more about the Fox family. They have a whole lot of tumultuous stuff going on within them with the uh, two brothers, with uh, Tim and Luke are at each other's throats constantly. They have a sister who's got, kinds, has got all kinds of issues. 
And then, by the way, the the latest Batman Black and White had the next Batman in there, and the newest Robin was introduced, and I loved it. It was so good. But I love. Yeah, I know. I need to do that. I love that they're doing those kind of stories in those in those books because I a I like the artistic job that they do on them with the mm-hmm. with the dual color and the fact that it is anthology. So yes. very very cool to be bringing in those characters instead of just telling Bruce Wayne stories throughout the whole thing. Yes, exactly. And the last Batman Black and White. If you haven't picked it up, pick it up. But move by digress back to the next Batman there was a somber tone to it because you knew because Batman's dead, Bruce Wayne is dead, but he is carrying this on. He's carrying on Batman. And I think he's doing it very well. Um, And, and then seeing him, like I just said in Batman black and white, this is a character that's going to stay. This isn't a fly by night character. Um, They, they did this for the long haul. And I, I absolutely loved reading every page of that book. Of the whole of all of all four of them yeah me too it was it really stayed with me and i i only read a few of the gotham titles and i just i like the the pacing of this and in the family dynamics like you mentioned yeah exactly it's great and then i mean i shouldn't say surprising i've always been a fan of catwoman but i didn't i guess i just didn't think that it was going to be one of my favorites of all of future state did you read the two Catwoman books? I did not. Uh, so for the next, for this Harley and Robin and yeah. Batgirls, I did not read. Okay. So you'll be okay. teaching me a little bit here. No so, worries about spoilers for me. Right on, right on. So Catwoman was written by Ram V, Ram V. I don't know. I Hopefully I'm saying that right. And Otto Schmidt. Okay. Now, uh, Catwoman was freaking Ocean's Eleven um heist fast paced you didn't know what was going on until you knew what was going on and so she's with her cats uh you know uh, one of her girls cheshire cat um is helping her out and she was in this like magnetic suit and how it was going was the magistrate was hoarding a whole bunch of people onto trains to be put into some type of a prison right so they're hoarding these people onto trains, into the train, into the train, and one of the trains is incredibly high security. And they're alluding to that the whole time. And then you just see kind of Catwoman, and she's like, all right, like, this is what we're going to do. You need to get on the train. The train's only going to be in this tunnel for so long. You're going to need to get in there, get the valuables, and get out. Now, it's Catwoman, so you're like, all right, some fucking, some super valuables in there. Something super, super valuables in there. So she, you know, she gets on there, she magnetizes to it. She gets in, she's beating some, some tail. Then she's like, you know, on the radio, she's like, all right, we're in, are you there? And then this woman who looks like she works for the magistrate, like turns around and does a little, does a little finger thing with the, with the earpiece. And she's like, this is Talia. And you're like, Oh, you're like, Oh, like that. At least that was my reaction. <laughs> And then they're like, this is this train, do this, we're going to do that, blah, 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 blah. We got this super important, you know, thing we got to bust out. And then they're like, is it confirmed? And this is the first, this is the first one. Is it confirmed? Yes. Bruce is in the last train. Bruce. So you're like, in the next Batman, he's dead. 
So it turns out he's not actually dead. He is the valuable thing that they're looking for in the train. She's trying to spring Bruce. Oh. Yeah, and that's yeah, how the first I... comic ended. Is just Bruce Wayne okay. in chains like this in the in a train car. And and it was just and the, the whole time they were alluding to this incredibly valuable thing on this train. And you just keep thinking it's Catwoman. So like it's diamonds or like weapons or something. And then it's just like, bam. And then Talia is there to help. Oh, kind of like double, like double agent. Correct. Okay. Which she does so well. That's, oh, I mean, yeah, for yeah. me, that was just like, so perfect. That was, that was like, that is something Talia would do. <laughs> she would infiltrate the magistrate to, to do this. Um, the second book is them pretty much fighting their way to through the train to get to Bruce. And then when they get him, he's ready to go and he's, you know, fighting with them as Bruce and it's wild. And then how the book ends is they, they're going to separate the trains and Catwoman needs to go with a group of folks from the train, but there are a whole lot of innocents on that train. And so at the last second, Bruce jumps to the other side after they separated him. And she goes, are you serious? And he goes, you know, I'm not going to leave these people by themselves and she says, how am I going to get a hold of you? And he says, do it like you've always done it. Commit a crime and I'll find you <laughs> or commit a big enough crime and I'll find you. And the book ends there as their trains, the train cars separate from one another. So let me ask you a question. Yes. Uh, what are what what are like the generals of the magistrate? Again, I, I'm having a hard time remembering peacekeepers. Like, the, the, peacekeeper one, right? Peacekeeper one is the one who assassinated Bruce Wayne. And this is after that like, yes right okay so the, that's that's kind of my disconnect like leading into dark detective um kind of all that that filler and now that sounds like something i really need to go read yes catwoman was freaking i i told my comic shop owner i was like dude i read catwoman last night i like catwoman i did not know it was going to be that good and i couldn't wait for the second one and i just immediately like tore it open and read it because it was just it was so 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 good amazing yeah i i was wondering if they were gonna i that's that's amazing i don't even want to say anything else because i'm just gonna go read it and yes and be happy that i did and get that little bit of extra story there yeah it's it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful um so that brings us into harley quinn and harley quinn is by stephanie phillips and simone DeMeo or DeMeo. now uh, I loved this because it was Harley being Harley. And so she's captured by the magistrate. She's beaten senseless and she's locked in a cage and beaten and locked in a cage and beaten and locked in a cage repeatedly until Jonathan Crane approaches her and says, all right, you're going to help me find some low level criminals because you're a criminal and you're also a psychiatrist, um, Harley Quinn, you're going to help me or myself because, um, uh, yes. I'm sorry. You didn't finish your thought. I was just going to, I was going to just mention or ask something yeah. about, because Jonathan Crane has a lot to do right now in the current Batman run. What leads to this, right? Yep. Okay. Yes. All right. So he's, so, he's acting as a villain in this completely. Yes. And he is working okay. with the magistrate to gotcha. round up what's left of villains, if you will. Okay. So he gives Harley an easy target, which was pig. 
and Harley helps him. She actually like in her Harley sort of way with the way she talks was like using actual psychiatrists, psychologists like lingo and information. Well, Pig is a classic narcissist. So, you know, and like going on and on and on about it. And, and Crane, you know, Crane isn't believing her. He thinks she's full of shit. But he's like, let's give her a shot because or, or we're just going to murder her anyway. Like that was kind of the whole thing. Like, we're just going to kill you. So she helps him and they end up catching pig and he goes, all right. So I guess you're somewhat valuable. So then she, he's like, we're going to get a bigger one. Now we're going after Roman Sionis. And then you're like, bam. So then we li- get into the second issue. So Harley tries a couple ideas and doesn't work. And crane is getting super, super annoyed with her. So he's like, what, you know, what are we going to do here? So she goes, wait a minute, you, you loonies, pull each other out of, of each other of you. You guys attract each other. So instead of going as Dr. Crane, why don't you set up a scarecrow? And Cyanus is going to see that as like, you want to fight them because masks you know, draw masks. So instead of like going one-to-one with him as the magistrate and, and whatever, go with scarecrow and, and pull Cyanus out of hiding. So it ends up working. <clears throat> so, these two meet up with one another. Scarecrow is about to do what he does to, to Roman. Right. And that's when Harley takes a baseball bat and just beats Scarecrow within an inch of his life in just Harley fashion. She just, just, and you just see her with the bat, just beating the snot out of Scarecrow. So he's just down for the count. And Sionis goes, oh, my God, Harley, thank you so much for saving my. And then she proceeds to beat him within an <laughs> inch of his life with her bat, just beating him to just graphically beating him. And I was laughing. I was laughing because I was like, I love you, Harley. You didn't stop being who you were <laughs> like it was. She did such a Harley thing. It was such a Harley thing to do the whole time. And as the reader, she had you going that there was going to be this big scarecrow black mask showdown. Harley as the reader had you going. And then she just beats. The, that's it. The comic, the, the two series ended. She laughed and left. <laughs> that, and that's the thing too. So they, they stick to character in the future. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the one thing a lot of people are kind of saying like, well, some of the, some of these books are out of character. Have you felt that way so far? Uh, no, I mean, maybe, maybe some in, um, evolution, like Catwoman, for instance, you know, she definitely evolved when this train heist was to free Bruce, you know, that didn't, that didn't feel directly as Catwoman, but that felt like a more evolved Catwoman and Catwoman, the character is growing and you have to allow these characters to grow, but still the way she spoke, the way she acted was still very Selena Kyle. There was no change there. So I think sometimes people have issues with their characters growing, but they have to. Absolutely. So that was Harley. We're still in 2025, ladies and gentlemen, and we, we move in to uh, to Robin Eternal. That's by Megan Fitzmartin and Eddie Barrows. Um, here we have a you know good old uh, Tim. Tim is he's the he's that Robin that's kind of like okay, you know, like he came after Jason, 
Uh, you know, didn't he he change his name to Red Robin or Red Wing Robin at one point? Red Robin. Yes. Just be careful with with many 90s Batman fans. No, <laughs> so I love Tim Drake. Don't get me wrong. But, but what's he gr- has been missing from the spotlight for a long time because they went with Damien for a while. Yes. Now, what I love is and there's a reason I'm I'm poking at Tim Drake right now. Mm-hmm. And the reason is is because it's right in the comic. So in the beginning of the comic, he's trying to recruit some some old friends who they are. I'm sorry, escapes me at this point. Um, I, I think spoiler is one of them. I can't remember who offhand. But anyway, they want to they, they found out that the magistrate is is building very, very large robots to take down the heroes. And the villains. So he wants to sabotage this and he wants to build this little crew. And they're like, it's a suicide mission. It's a literal suicide mission. So they, they, of course they get on, I think it's one of those big air blimps, you know, cause they love those in, in Batman in Gotham city. They love large blimps. They love, they were very Hindenburg type people, but anyway, they get up there. They see the, re- the, the robots, they realize they are infusing these robots with Lazarus, the la- the Lazarus liquid. And how does that work with inorganics? So it doesn't, it doesn't really, it just says that they're infusing these robots with the, the, with the Lazarus serum, if you will. Interesting. And they're like, they'll be unstoppable. They'll be unbeatable. So they're like, let's go fight them. Okay. So they go fight them. And within 20 seconds of them fighting them, one of the robots grabs Tim by the neck and kills him. What? (laughs) Snaps his neck. And just throws him like a rag doll, and all his bones just break. And like I'm just like reading this comic, going, "What just happened?" So the in the this is first issue. Yes. (laughs) What in in the ensuing chaos, the robot was damaged and splashed Lazarus all over Tim. So now they actually do. They're like making it's like all these pop, pop, crack, crack sounds. And he's standing up and like putting his bones back into place. And he's like, I'm Robin Eternal, you know, and that's which is the name of the book. And the the first book ends there. And then the next book, he goes insane. And it's an inner monologue. Most of the book. This must be what Jason feels all the time. Like he's said that multiple times. There's so much power. I got to try not to go insane. And then it gets really dark. I'm the Robin nobody cares about. I was the Robin that no one, you know, you had Dick. He's Nightwing. You have, you, you know, you got Jason who, you know, is Red Hood now. And I'm still Robin and nobody cares. You know, Damien, he's the, he's Batman's son. Who am I? How do I even fit into this? So all this inner monologuing, which I thought was really great. I thought it was done very well. I, I want to mention something because with it was either I think it was Rebirth or the end of um, I think it was Rebirth where they they made that Tim Drake was never even Robin at one point. Really? Yeah. They like retconned it where he was he was just Red Robin or whatever the name they were using at that point for him. And I was like, that is the strangest thing to do. Yes. Um, so please continue. <laughs> no, it, it was weird. So then. Like, you know, it was all about, I'm going to protect my friends and I am who I am and I'm rising above it. And, 
Um, and it kind of, it, it ended, it, it didn't really end because they're definitely, it's getting picked up. It's going to continue the, that, that Robin story. Um, so, you know, they destroyed the machines. They saved the day. It was really the beef of the book. What made it good was, you know, the whole inner monologuing, the whole doubts and trying to stave off the insanity, because as we know, Lazarus made Jason Todd go insane temporarily, um, which is what Tim, Tim, knowing this was trying to stave it off psychologically. And he was able to. But the question goes, you know, where do we go from here? He's he already died once he's alive again. So I think there's a lot more story to tell that they haven't told yet. And that is a comic I am going to pick up. Again, this is another book that I'm not sure why I dragged my heels on. Probably because I binged so much for two nights. But that sounds awesome. Yeah. What a way to go with that story. Seriously. Seriously. So we are still in 2025. This is and the Snyder cut of Teletalk. Seriously, right? And you got to sit here with my nasally voice reciting comic book lines to you. Feel bad for everyone listening. Um, so we, we get into Batgirls. Batgirls was a portion of uh, the next Batman. I believe it was issues two and four had had Batgirls. It was it was two uh, two stories. And it was by Vita Ayala and Aniki Aneke. It's like she must he or she must be like share just one name. Um, but anyway, Batgirls, Batgirls, <laughs> Batgirls was was something else. So there's a, it's a magistrate prison. There's a magistrate prison, and they one of the Batgirls is going into the prison. And one of the other Batgirls, now this is like, what is it, spoiler, signal, the, this group of, they, they call themselves the Batgirls, if you will. Um, they were already all in the prison, and, and Harley's in the prison, and all these folks are in this prison. Uh, Poison, uh, everyone is in this prison. It's chock full of heroes and villains, and the magistrate is, is have, has this new one in there. So she finds out that one of the Batgirls is now a villain and kind of one of the prisons like kingpins, like, you know, you go to her for cigarettes and stuff that kind of like she's like a top dog there. So, you know, she goes, you're a freaking scumbag. You turned our your back on on the Batgirls. You turned your back on Bruce. You turned your back on all of us. Screw you. I hate you. And yada, 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 so on and so forth. There's a whole lot of talking about like betrayal and stuff like that. And they're like, all right, well, there's something that we were looking for. That's very, very important at this prison that they're storing at this prison. And we need to find out what it is. And that's why I'm, I'm to find out what it is. And then when they, when she says that the one that turned on them ended up just being in deep cover. So she said, I found out what they have in the basement and the lower levels and we need to save her. And the last page is Babs. She's sprawled out on a bed, passed out. They've got all kinds of wires and stuff coming out of her face and her head. And that's the end of the first issue. Bam. I read that one and I forgot to read the second half. I thought that was such a crazy ending 
and the fact that it's bat girls and just covering the different all the different peoples who have become bat girl over the years and this is the thing about this whole i guess future state as well as legacy even if it's even if it's just past legacy or we'll be talking about future legacy soon but that's the thing it's just showing everybody that there's more than one character yes really emphasizing that absolutely absolutely and of course the second issue they they break her out and you know she they have to get her out of there but of course babs isn't just going to leave she needs to beat the bad guys not just escape so she she inputs what is the best virus she could possibly input into their systems oracle itself and you just see the green heads everywhere um and you know bam bam they save the day um so in terms of, i'm a, i'm a huge batgirl fan i love batgirl i see a lot of my daughter in her that's why i i love her character so much um and you know i just just dig her story so for me for nostalgia purposes this was a great story um i love the prison riot in the second um in the, in the second issue which is was the distraction they used to get her out of there um, I love that Babs was herself when they broke her out. She was like, no, I'm not just going to leave. I, we need to help everyone here. Um, it, it, it was just a really well done. I liked it. Wasn't my favorite of everything, but it, it was well done. It was very well done. Kind of along the same lines of Bruce going back to the train to save everyone. That- yes, ex- right. exactly. Exactly. Um, and then lastly for 2025, we have Red Hood. And Red Hood was part of Dark Detective, was a side story of Dark Detective. And that was by Joshua Williamson and Giannis Milo, Milono Giannis. Giannis Milono Giannis. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. So Red Hood is being super Red Hoodie. And he is joining the peacekeepers in hunting down masks. And he gets a lot of crap for it because they call him a mask too you're a mask hunting down um, hunting down masks and you know at the end of the day you do what you're good at and red hood is well red hood so he's i believe working with uh slade's daughter yep rose yeah and she's very suggestive uh quite often (laughs) and uh at the end of the first book there's a bounty on his head and the next book is him trying to remove the bounty. I was a little confused by this book. Uh, did you read both of them? I did. I did. And it was that whole kind of questioning of what Jason's motives are. Yes. Throughout the whole thing, because it's, it is kind of, it is kind of paced strangely until yes. the end when you realize that, and I'll let you reveal that, but I, and it, I wasn't a big fan of the art. I thought it was good. Uh, as a backup story, it was great. And from what I heard, there is a series continuing about this, right? There will be a series continuing. What was the big reveal, Chris? Go ahead, please. He was working for Bruce Wayne, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. That's what yeah. I gathered. That's, That's like I said, it was yeah. weird. It was weird. A lot of double agent stuff going on here against the magistrate. And I'd like, like, what I've noticed, uh, especially across some of the, the other books is they kind of plop you in and yes. they don't 
it's not like their hand they're not holding our hands to this either and it's kind of confusing especially with the different times yeah. uh but if when you start to read into it you see it and that's 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 a really uh, i guess consistent uh narrative that i i've discovered across future state that it is it is really intelligent reading honestly it, it, it is it is some of them i had to reread and be like oh okay no i got right. it now but no i i liked red hood um the art was a little funky um but like you said but i am i am looking forward to that story continuing and seeing where that goes but uh, lastly my my coup de grace for now is dark detective and dark detective we're now in 2027 and bruce is thought dead batman is thought dead and there's a new batman on the on the prowl if you will so as a dead man he decides to come back as some something different and I love the new costumes, Bruce Wayne and more tactical gear still with the bat across his chest, no cape, uh, much more stripped down. He was stealing magistrate tech to use to bolster his own tech. He lives with a conspiracy theorist that isn't exactly wrong about what he's saying, which I thought was great and whose daughter worked for the magistrate, which we actually don't find out till later on. This is four issues. Yes. And I thought that this was an incredibly smart book. I thought that this was a great way to keep Bruce Wayne in the fold while still allowing the torch to be passed. Uh, you have a comment? I, I do. I like the fact that he's, there's no money behind him. Yes. He's, relying on his skills that he's his certain you know certain set of skills that he's had for so many years and just being batman bruce wayne in this without without any real technology and just adapting to his environment exactly you know i'm gonna say it but it really felt more like daredevil Mm. which i really really love i mean daredevil's one of my favorites i mean batman and daredevil are my two favorite superheroes but he's broke. Yeah. He's, you know, relying on his wits and his skill. And I loved seeing Bruce Wayne there. And then, of course, at the end, the, the final battle back between Peacekeeper 01 and Bruce Wayne. Peacekeeper 01 gained celebrity for being known as the one who murdered Batman. He was the one who killed Batman. So he was top dog. And for Bruce to be like, all right, like round two and, and their fight with the big explosion, um, you know, it was dark detective is fantastic. I want to read more and I want a figure. I want a dark detective figure. That's what I kept thinking about. I want this figure. I want it on my shelf. Are you listening Todd McFarlane? Let's go future state right now. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention this because Please. The story behind Peacemaker number one and the, and the way he took out Batman, quote unquote, in such a cowardly way, but made himself look like such a hero because he ambushed Bruce Wayne one day. You know what I mean? It's just like, what a jerk. I mean, yeah. and then he rides this, he rides this train of fame and, and is looking like the ultimate badass when he was just, when he jumped a guy when he was coming out of, out of, an, out of a building or whatever. Like, it's just, 
it's so messed up. Exactly. Exactly. He's a coward. All of magistrate, they are cowards, um, especially the peacekeepers. Um, but again, it was it. What I really liked and I thought was smart for DC to do was Bruce Wayne is a character that has stood the test of time because his superpower is an iron will. Literally, he cannot be mentally broken. He cannot be. That's what his superpower is. And so they've kept this character for what, like a hundred years almost in literature. Yeah. 80 plus years now. Yeah. And they have to keep reinventing him, but there's, there's time to pass that baton to pass that torch. And it was passed to Tim Fox. And not only is that a new Batman, but he's a person of color, which is very important but DC was still able to keep Bruce Wayne and even have the two of them working together and creating a plausible story within their universe, of course, um, that that's still cohesive, that's still good, that's nothing shoehorned. I think they just did everything so well. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what thoughts you have on that. I, I agree with you totally. There's so much that has been told before that people know that happens, quote unquote, and to place a story like this into the Batman mythos, turn not really turns everything on its, you know, on its back. It just opens it up for better, not better, but even more storytelling. And I think that's that's really what it is. It's just being able to see your hero in a different light. Uh, while still retaining the same values. You know what? I think you hit the nail on the head there. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why Dark Detective was definitely one of my absolute favorite books um, in in this entire series. I absolutely adored Dark Detective. But yeah, that's kicking off 2027. Um, We got a lot of years to cover. We do. Uh, Wait, we forgot one, Chris. In what? 2025. Yeah, that's my bad, man. Because we just did Dark Detective in 2027. Can you guess? Can you guess which one I forgot in 2025? Uh-huh. My favorite, Nightwing. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh man. Well, let's let's quickly let's breeze through that one. Um that was one of my favorites as well. It was two issues. What I loved is that Dick is Dick, just being Dick, and he has commandeered Arkham Asylum as his home base and he is the leader of the resistance and he you know there's a shower scene (laughs) Um, but really it it was a lot about leadership and you know how Batman isn't around anymore and 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 such and then at the end uh, correct me if I'm wrong keep me honest here at the end of the first issue that's when the new Batman finds his way in there and he electrocutes the the living daylights out of him um which was great and uh in essence tim shows up and that's that's tim fox the next batman shows up and um is telling dick i need to be part of the resistance like you need my help and i need you uh we need to do the we need to be you know resist and against the uh against the magistrate and it was it was a real it was really great. The second issue 
so the magistrate shows up to Arkham and they have a siege going on. And that's when the reinforcements show up, Batwoman and a whole bunch of the uh, the Bat family show up. And there's this uh, brouhaha that happens until Dick hits the EMP and fries all their stuff. Um, and I believe the book ends. Well, they're they they, of course, say, you know, Batman lives, which has kind of been an ongoing theme through this because Batman is their symbol of hope. And magistrate is trying to snuff out hope. And, you know, by saying Batman lives, that's kind of them then clinging to that hope. Um, but I love the end, the last panel, they're limping away together. And uh, is like, oh, it's daylight. And Dick goes, huh, something I didn't think I was going to be seeing. <laughs> um, it just, I really loved it. I loved that. It was fun. Do you have anything else on that? I do because we just we just got Nightwing seventy eight this past week. Yes, and it turned a true character for Dick Grayson after a very very long time, and this book was really kind of the first step into that. Uh, just to see him once again being uh, Nightwing and the true Dick Grayson uh, at that point, and then I remember reading and, and taking a shot of the screen and the dynamic duo thing. And I thought that was so cool when I said that to you, because I was just like, this is, this is a nice little, uh, nice little line to put in there for that Batman and Batman and Nightwing together again, but a different iteration of it. Yes. And it's, it was done so well and with so much care for these characters, which I just thought was absolutely fantastic. So if you're a Nightwing fan, you should definitely read Future State Nightwing 1 and 2. You know, short little two issues, but they more than covered a fantastic story. Um, and then, yeah, then we go into Dark Detective, which we just talked about. And then, uh, Chris, what did, what else we got cooking in 2027? Well, at this point, all hell is starting to break loose. Um, I wanted, I do want to backtrack for a second. Yeah. Um, because I wanted to mention this at the beginning that's the the cast about how how usually these these DC events happen and they'll drop like 52 issues on you and they'll do a bunch of different stuff and it'll just be some books won't sell they'll buy, they'll buy it back from the retailer and I think they really did a good job this time thinking that through this was like 24 issues some were bigger than others because they had three backstories some mm -hmm. had two some had none right and it was such a good way to bring in these stories that they could be their own comic, but they're not going to really sell their own comic. And yes, I'll pay a little bit more for that kind of content, you know? Sure. I agree. I, and, and I think you're absolutely right. This was, this was a rather large event, but with not so many issues because of those big books. Yes. They were eight to $9 books, but you were getting three rather large stories in those books. They were heavy. I mean, like Dark Detective and ba and the next Batman, those were heavy issues and they were eight dollars a piece, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I completely agree. Absolutely. I think that they've learned from the sins of the past and we are all the better for it now. But let's talk about the other narrative that basically propels us into the next years and years and years of this of this storyline. But um, we talked about the magistrate, which is uh, very insular to to Gotham. Yes. Uh, so that's that's your bad family books. 
And so when we step out of out of Gotham and start to look at like the Justice League family, Teen Titans and whatnot, we have this overarching storyline about the apocalypse. And so we've seen this kind of storyline in comics before and anybody who's read Marvel and whatnot with Four Horsemen and Apocalypse can be compared to that if they want to. But honestly, this really, really got me. And just the way it progressed and the way that it basically ends the DC universe as we know it. Uh, And we'll get to that in about 70,000 years. So (laughs) um, let's start off in 2027 though. So The Flash Future State, again, a two-issue book, was written by Brandon Vietti and Dale Eaglesham. This story is interesting because it's one of the first ones to take away the powers of one of the most powerful Justice Leaguers. Uh, So Barry Allen and family have lost their powers. We learn that Wally West has been possessed by famine. And so this is the first ex- like exposure we get to the four horsemen. And I don't know how I feel about this using Wally as a villain every time. Now I have, you know, they just did this whole thing in hero uh, heroes in crisis. I just, every time he's used in the play, I feel bad because I love Wally West and he was my flash growing up. And so I get, I get a little, a little sensitive about it, but Fair enough. here, you know, you know what I mean? It's just, you're watching Justice League right now. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's Wally throughout. Like Barry, Barry Allen's dead for since, since Crisis on Infant Earth in the eighties up yeah. until Jeff Johns resurrects him in, in the two thousands. So a lot of us grew up with this guy and now he's being really put through the ringer every, <laughs> every event they have. Um, so Wally's possessed by famine. He actually, this kicks it off where the Flash family is mourning because he's killed Wallace. And now Wallace is, um, is Kid Flash. And this really starts it off where they have to somehow stop him because like he's draining the powers uh, from all the different Flashes. And so Barry ends up using all of his enemies' weapons against Wally, uh, a.k.a. Famine. And I think that's one of the, my favorite parts of the book because he takes like Captain Cold's gun and uses Mirror Master's powers and stuff like that and Weather, Weather Wizard and all, all of his rogues, uh, which are some of my favorite parts of those books. Uh, so that, that was kind of a, a fun thing, you know, kind of include in it because really what the idea of this book and the problem with it was this was released after Teen Titans, which we'll talk about in a second. But the idea was very has the information about the spirit destiny. Now it gets kind of convoluted because it, it kind of just throws all of that at you. Right. But eventually then Barry uses all that. Uh, and at great cost kills him, uh, kills himself and Wally, but famine still survives, which moves us in the teen Titans. And again, a little bit of a convoluted book. Cause I, I got kind of confused at the beginning of this. Did you read this book? I did read this, yes. And I was just as equally confused in the beginning. And I read some reviews on it as well. And this is the problem that people had with it, is that it 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 just drops you in and you see like this ways, like this wake of devastation. Mm-hmm. Teen the Teen Titans Tower is broken. There's a ton of the ton of the kids are dead. Uh, and they're really kind of mourning that. But they have a job to do to defeat the four horsemen. And so 
they find out that Red X, uh, who has actually been introduced in the old Teen Titans cartoon. So this is a big monumental thing as well. Bringing this character into canon, they don't reveal who he is throughout the entire book. Uh, so that's left up to Teen Titans Academy, I guess, uh, which is coming out in the Infinite Frontier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what had happened was a few of these uh, these kids, they were messing around with the H dial. Now, the H dial is from Dial H for Hero, which is a really kind of neat book they just redid recently where a kid will can punch these things in an old rotary t- telephone, which is kind of a funny concept these yeah. days, especially with the technology that, you know, kids have cell phones. They don't even call things computers anymore. So I love that because it's still is paying homage to the past and bringing these things and making them make sense in, in the current comics. So they were able to hack this H dial and they learned that through this and the spirit destiny that they're able to use these weapons, uh, not weapons, but, use these uh, artifacts to trap the four horsemen with the help of Raven, who will absorb them into her body. Then they will trap Raven in the Rock of Eternity, uh, which is, you know, from the Shazam books. And so this this book was very fast paced. And the problem with it is like, you're trying to get the Teen Titans dynamic and you're also trying to figure out what the hell is happening. Mm-hmm. And then, so Red X is basically turns himself in and he's lamenting about his mistakes and dick grayson is like he basically forgives it and he lets them out and they suit up and you see dick grayson put on the deathstroke mask which is not you know is not really explained that well either and it's kind of a weird thing for me because of all the trauma that deathstroke has put through yes. you know put the teen titans through so but then he talks about how he's worked with slade so they will eventually touch touch on that and i'm interested in that because i am a deathstroke fan um but this book is a little bit everywhere but it does end with that resolution that they are able to get um they are able to trap trap her eventually into the rock of eternity and that's really where they wanted to get with this book no matter what i know you don't really you haven't really read a lot of titans or teen titans right and so a Correct. lot of these characters I haven't even heard of. A lot of these are newer ones that we're going to be meeting in Academy. And one of the weirdest things was the Cybeast for me. Yeah. The uh, mag- magulation of uh, Cyborg and, and Beast Boy, right? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. And it was weird. It was weird. And then they don't explain that either. So a lot of these stories are reliant on what's going to be coming next. And I think that's what a lot of people had the a problem with trying to grasp straws because like i said the flash came out after teen titans yet they're reading barry's journal entries on how to get the spirit destiny and that's what i really learned when i went went back and read these books in order and yeah. they made so much more sense you know makes sense uh yeah exactly uh so team shazam uh they trick they tricked the four horsemen with the spirit destiny and then there we have it and we're gonna learn a little bit more about the backstory in Shazam. But first, we're going to jump into a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. 
hey, come take a seat at the campfire. You're not the only one who joins. I've got friends that come over sometimes, too. We talk about a ton of interesting things from geek culture. Then we cover some conspiracies or philosophical thoughts or monsters. You know, we talked about Bigfoot in one episode. It's a lot of fun, so come join me at the Campfire Chats, a DFAT entertainment podcast hosted on Spotify and other fine places you find podcasts. We are back from commercials, and we are talking future states. Uh, this is Chris. And this is Rocco. This is the year 2029. So uh, just a cut like we're having very small year jumps, not, not too much. We'll get to uh, some major ones soon, but Teen Titans was very confusing to me. But when I read Shazam, it kind of really straightened things out because we find out that Shazam actually made a deal with Neuron, who acts as basically the devil in the DC universe. And what he did was he split Billy and Shazam. Billy is the conscious of Shazam when, when, when they're merged. And without him, there are some issues that Captain Marvel, the old Captain Marvel, has uh-huh. to deal with. So I'm oh, wow. going to say it right now. <laughs> so uh, we find we find a new JL, G, JLA team. We have the the question and Vixen and a few others. And of course, Shazam. Uh, and so they've gotten to a point where they're not they're not calling each other by name. And we notice this in Justice League when we talk about it soon. And I'm wondering why this really started to hit. Uh, I think it's probably because of the magistrate, maybe, where mm-hmm. people's names were attached, like their real names were attached to the superhero mantle, and that could reveal their secret identity. I don't know. It's possible. Yeah, I caught that, too. And I didn't really understand it that that much. Um, and I didn't really understand the why they did it in Justice League. But this is the thing. He kept saying, don't call me Billy. And everybody thought it was kind of don't call me that, call me by my code by my code name. Yeah. But it's because he's not Billy. Uh and so we found out that Neuron is actually projecting these demons into Shazam's head, right? And he's making everybody he's ma- making him see him everywhere. And we slowly learn throughout the course of the book that Shazam is slowly breaking down mentally. And so finally the specter confronts him and tells him, you know, what's like, what is going on? Uh, Something is wrong. And then he murders the specter. And that's, that's one of the strangest things to me. He just flips out, murders the specter. Then the question confronts him. They keep saying, what's, who are you? You know, what's going on? And don't call me Billy. Don't call me Billy. All of a sudden we learn that the question is dead man and dead man pops out of the question's body possesses Shazam, makes him say the magic word. And we learned that Neron had set this up the whole time to happen so that he could unleash the unkindness, AKA Raven, who has been locked in hell since the, uh, since the teen Titans book, uh, unleashing this, this unkindness into the world. And so the unkindness is what carries on uh, into the next narratives into the future. Okay. Okay. That, that wildly makes a lot of sense. It's it's so crazy that I I really I'm really glad that I went back and read it because it was just so it was so nutty, especially not knowing the timeline when I first yeah. read it. And I think that was the biggest hindrance to 
not not fully grasping and absorbing the stories that were happening. No, I, I, they do a lot. They did a lot of jumping around in Future State, and they don't exactly tell you what year it is either. So you you got there's some sleuthing you have to do, which sometimes is half of the fun. Exactly. And so uh, I do have to apologize. I forgot the creative teams. Teen Titans is written by Tim Sheridan and Rafa Sandova uh, on art. And then Shazam is also by Tim Sheridan and Eduardo Pansica. So you see this continuation of uh, the storyline there, which is good because I would imagine it's a lot easier to write those stories out if you're kind of following the same narrative (laughs) instead of passing that to somebody else. Yeah. Because that was... It was wild. It was just completely wild. Yeah. It took me by surprise. So next up, I do want to touch on the Superman books. I don't want to get super deep into them. <laughs> super, super deep. Um, super deep. But Superman deep. Um, but they do have some really awesome storylines, especially War Worlds at War. Uh, but we have Future State Superman of Metropolis, written by Sean Lewis and John Timms, and Superman Worlds of War, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Mikkel Janin. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Superman, the John Kent Superman one. Everybody talked about this major event that happened in Metropolis, this, this Superman betrayed everybody, blah, blah, blah. And when I finally got to it, I was just kind of like, all right, so he put Metropolis in a bottle, which the same thing happened with Candor. And I think the only thing I really enjoyed about this whole thing about Metropolis being in a bottle was the fact that, that Mr. Miracle was actually trapped in there and they were telling the story, the first, the first Mr. Miracle backstory within the bottle of Metropolis. And then the second Mr. Miracle story happens in the backstory of worlds of war, where he goes to uh, war world. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a neat narrative to a certain extent. Mm. If, if you want to kind of learn that John Kent does not make good decisions like his father did, even though he was left in charge of Metropolis while Superman went to space. This is one I'm not very familiar with. Um, I didn't read this one, um, but you have told me to get on the the John Kent reading and, and, and reading that character. Ugh, I may have been wrong. Really? No, <laughs> I don't know. I. It's tough because there was just, it's just such a shadow, right? He lives in. Yes. Well, and I think maybe, and then maybe that's a good challenge for him, but ultimately it's, you, you have, you have Connor Kent and I really yep. liked what they did with him in suicide squad. I thought that was really, really ingenious. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's always been my favorite Superboy anyhow. And so bringing in this new narrative of Superman's actual son was interesting to me until I realized that it's, it's a lot more of the same and just new challenges for a younger Superman. So I, I like this book enough. Uh, I did like the new uh, rendition of Brainiac. Uh, I forgot oh, I'm dropping his name right now, but that, that whole thing was just, it was, it was just a new telling of the Superman Brainiac storyline for me. But what I really enjoyed was Superman worlds at war or mm-hmm. worlds of war. And so this is Superman without really any true Superman powers showing off his fighting skills all along telling a backstory of, of something that happened back on earth, which is one of my favorite aspects of Superman stories of being able to kind of relate um, what he's going through currently 
through an experience that he has either faced or, you know, whatever on earth. Um, this did remind me to a certain extent of planet Hulk, but I did like the twist that, um, that they put on it. Right on. Right on. Do you want to share the twist or? No, just, just, just that, just oh, the okay. fact that it's kind of like Superman at his rawest, you know, it's not him being like the ultimate, the ultimate being in the universe, uh, nothing like that. He was forced to fight to save the people of Warworld, and so he would just be like this gladiatorial fighter, you know? right on. So Boy Scout, he'll do anything, right, for the people. Exactly, and so that's and so I feel like the twenty thirty time is very contained to that. It doesn't it doesn't spill out too much. Uh, we see a much different Jonathan Kent as we get into the future with with Justice League and things mm-hmm. like that as he gets older. But this, to me, if you're going to read Future State, you don't have to probably read both these books. If you're really interested in Superman, read the world, you know, Worlds at War. That's my recommendation. Right on. Next up in 2035, we talked a little bit about how uh, the Flash family had lost their powers. Now, the Green Lanterns, all right, are facing something very similar. And we're not really told what happened and I'm sure that we'll learn that as this is kind of a setup for future state, of course. What I really liked was seeing each lantern without their powers and being able to still, I guess, win the day, deal with situations like war, uh, which is the first story. And that was my favorite, which was the John Stewart, and they're fighting off this alien force. And you just see his, because he's a military guy. Mm-hmm. And you see his military prowess and you and you really feel it because Green Lanterns can do all these crazy things, you know, with their willpower. And that's what makes them so powerful and unstoppable. And when heroes are challenged like this and put into situations, I like that. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the opposite what I've read from people for some reason. They didn't like that. It kind of just turned them off because they want to see the Green Lanterns do these things. Of so. course. But like we said, I mean, there's you gotta leave room for character growth. Exactly. And that's and that's what's kind of leading us into that new Green Lantern series coming up. Uh, we're getting away from Hal Jordan. We're getting into like more of the core. And that's always been my favorite is I, I've always found Hal Jordan very boring. Yeah. And um, I love Jon Stewart. I love uh, Guy Gardner. And the, the Guy Gardner story is really neat because he he's brought into this this society to kind of be this peacekeeper. And it just it goes through time and it, he's it's just it just covers all these different years and it's a really funny story mm-hmm. um and so each of these different green lantern stories have um these different feels to it but my favorite was jessica cruz uh she was actually put into like a it's very much like a diehard situation oh wow um so she, yeah so she's going through all these ducks with a gun and she's very john mcclain and she proves that she's just as much of a badass without her ring. Yippee-ki-yay. Exactly. And um, I'm kind of sure she said that in that, in that story. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised. But that's, that's really what I want to touch on with that book. Um, just the challenge. And it wasn't really tying into everything. It was just like, hey, this is a different look at the Green Lanterns and how how would they react to not having their Green Lantern rings? And that was that was a lot of fun for me. Right on. And so 
with that, we are going to jump into our second commercial break. Need more context on your favorite movie? Is Obama. Obama. Okay. Senator Obama. Ever wonder why they did or didn't do that thing or include that scene? This is prime. Like, this is is quality entertainment. Check out Gutsy Media Podcast as my friends and I take a deep dive into everything from blockbusters to indie films. The weakest apple cider bitch beers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's Gutsy Media Podcast for everything movies. Do you miss hanging out at bars with a friend? Cream, cream ale. Do you miss those two friends of yours that would always end up drinking too much, leading to discussions about political philosophy? If so, then we have a podcast for you. When they nuked the Capitol, you know, that was bad. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jake. Join us at the tavern for a pint, a few laughs, and some nonsensical discussions. I will say neither of us are constitutional lawyers. (laughs) A political podcast for the unencumbered political mind. Search for the Bull and Moose Tavern on your favorite podcast streaming service today. He managed to make Trump look good on something. It's like- bad. Hey, everyone. We are back talking comics again. I'm Rocco. And this is Chris. And uh, thanks for patiently waiting during the plethora of commercials. So just buy whatever it is you just heard about. Um, but with that, we move into uh, Justice League. Um, this is two books. Um, the uh, the artists here are well. The author and artists are Joshua Williamson and Robson Rocha. I picked up Justice League because it's Justice League, and I wanted to pick it up, and so I did. Um, briefly speaking, there was a group of villains that I wasn't very familiar with that were plotting the death of the Justice League. Um, only for the Justice League to find their bodies in their own hall. And they were all murdered. And then I believe it was John Kent was all butthurt that they didn't share their real names um, like our parents did or whatever. You know, we it was different, blah, blah, blah. And then you find out it was, two of them are romantically involved. Uh, I forgot. Gosh, we flashed, right? Yep, no. an awkward girl, awkward okay, woman so in the flesh. That's right. And then they come out, and it turns out Justice League imposters are there, and they try to kill them. And then they send them off to another universe, like send them off to another like planet or something, the Justice League. And then it's another set of villains I'm not very familiar with that can shapeshift into the Justice League themselves. And then they come back from that place they were locked in, and save the day. I don't know. I didn't care so much for this book. Obviously, I I really just kind of cruised through it in my explanation just now. It didn't grab me. I didn't really feel a lot with it. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. It was it was just strange to me. I I know they're just kind of like this is the this is what happens with these characters in the, the Justice League now. That's what I really felt. And at the end of the book, it was like totally contradictory. And I get we're getting familiar with our, with each other. So we're going to be a little bit more friendly. And, and it seemed like they're going to start calling them by each other's names and be friends uh, and get closer, which I imagine we will see in other books. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like Sesame Street. Everyone learned a <laughs> lesson and now we're all friends and stuff. And, you know, I don't I didn't hate it. 
I just right. was just like, meh, you know, me. But anyway, that's that's really all I have for Justice League. And we're I now just want to mention, we're in oh, 2040, right? 2040. We are. Um, I do want to mention just real quick. The Green Lantern in this is Joe Moline. Uh, and she was actually introduced in Far Sector. It was I think it started last year. And that was kind of a question of like, what is the what is the intent of this book? And she wasn't in the other book, the other um, the other Green Lantern books. She was kind of like this outlier. And then she shows up in this, and I was like, "Sweet, all right, well, that's, you know, no, where that else makes sense? You know where, where else she is too? Is uh, DC superhero girls? And it was my daughter that actually pointed that out because I let her read a couple of these in Justice League. Well, I was like, "Whatever, you can read this if you want to." And she's like, "Dad, this is Green Lantern from DC superhero girls," and I'm like. Oh, oh, neat. You know, I, I don't know. I thought that was I thought that was cool, I guess. But so you're telling me she's from something called Far Sector. Yeah, Far Sector is a 12 parter that started about a year ago. I think it's finishing up this June. Um, and so it was just this completely different offtake of, of a Green Lantern story that nobody knew how it connected. And I'm really glad that to see this connection be made. Nice. Okay, right on. Definitely. All right, let's talk about a book I really, really enjoyed uh, even more than I thought I would. I've been looking forward to the introduction of Yara Floor. They've been building her up, building her up. They announced a show about her, then they canceled it because I'm pretty sure they don't want to step on any toes quite yet. But be ready for more Yara Floor in the future because this book was a hit. I loved the it. Board. I loved yeah. it. Yeah, I Joel mean, Jones, right? She's been doing Catwoman that you read? Yeah, yes, yes. No, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt No, you. I'm just going to say, like, Hell, Hell ent- entering Hell was like going through an airport. <laughs> I, I, I loved it. It was so silly, but it was good. Joel Jones takes double duty on this, and her, her art is so beautiful. And the way that she can, when somebody could write, and draw what they do i think it's like a double treat mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. because i know it's a little bit tougher for them but it's it's a i think sometimes it can translate what they're trying to tell in that right um and i really like this story because it was very mythological yes. it was kind of outside our superhero realm that we've been jumping around in and she goes to hades to rescue a kidnapped amazon she, like there's all these little neat creature characters that show up i'm not even sure what her little comp compadre there was but yeah i just i love this book and it and i and i was like yep i'm just gonna read yara floor when it comes out <laughs> uh, uh, excuse me the book it, it it to sound i mean i said it was silly and i'm gonna take it a step further this book tickled me right you know what i mean like it was just it was fun it was a fun read she's funny Yes, very funny. Like her personality is different than uh, the other Wonder Girls or Wonder Women I've seen, um, and I like that. And I am really excited that that people accepted her as yes. as this character because she is the future Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so let's see. We are in the year three thousand now. Yes, and this is a book of pretty epic proportions now yes right the house of l was one issue 
Yes, it was one large issue. I'm going to tell you this. And this really all I got to say about this book is it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. And I didn't have a good firm understanding of what the hell was going on for a good portion of it. Me neither. They're introducing all these L characters, all these people. One that really caught my, my attention was the, the blue lantern. So blue lanterns represent hope. Yes, represent hope. What a perfect combination, right? So that's sure. Rowan L, the Blue Lantern. I thought that was amazing. The rest of them, I got to sort them out still. Uh, so House of L was written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Scott Gordoleski. I don't know. I'm sorry I put your name. Good art though, buddy. Um, House of L reminded me of Game of Thrones to a certain extent. Um, yes. The writer, um, Philip Kennedy Johnson, is actually on the Superman titles now. He is he wrote The Last God. He is promising uh mythos, Superman mythos like we've never seen since since uh like the death of Superman and the rebirth and all that oh, stuff. Wow. And I, you know, with this, uh they actually just announced the annual in June and they're going back to House of L with it. So I am very excited to see more from this world. Uh um, wow. because it kind of blows your mind what happens, right? Because they they don't think Superman's even real. Like Correct. He's a myth? <laughs> yeah. It's just so wacky. Yes. And I, I caught that's one thing I did definitely understand is, you know, to, for some reason, I mean, it is the year 3000. You know, it, when, he, when he showed up at the end, all white and grizzled, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And that's the one thing about where when Superman shows up in these different books in the future, where you have to start thinking about where it's placed, especially when we're talking mortal wonder woman. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll mention something in, in, in black Adam, because there's another crazy thing there. So what the house of Val, they're fighting someone called the red King. And so the red King first, their forces attack, they hold, they fend them off. They go mend their wounded, but then they're attacked again by the red King. And the, he has a doomsday army and the black racer. And so the Black Racer is from New Gods Mythos, like original Jack Kirby stuff. And this is a new rendition of, of, of it. It's a her in this. Um, and I thought that was awesome because you have this immortal like being leading, leading this army of doomsdays against the elves. And it's just, when you think about the Superman, when you think about Superman and Superman is, is that person who's unbeatable right mm -hmm. and to, to a certain extent and it's really hard and people are always like well how do you write a superman story how do you challenge superman well there's a lot of different ways <laughs> yeah, yeah but i thought this was a really cool confrontation and then the red king is revealed as um Firos, which is a cool name and it's revealed because um it's revealed that he is the son of superman and circe because at the end like you said kalel finally shows up and everybody's like look up in the sky <laughs> yeah so cheesy like that and i loved it um and like you said old man cal arrives and um he defeats he defeats pharos but in superman fashion extends his hand and says i'm sorry i wasn't here for you and he says but i can i can mend that and we can i can help you and they go and they go off into the sunset or whatever you know and that is right there is superman in a nutshell not killing his enemy but giving his own son a chance to redeem himself yeah yeah definitely 
Um, I, I liked it. I mean, the artwork was gorgeous. I mean, it was a gorgeous book and the cover, the cover, especially it was, it's one of my favorite covers of all of future state. It was gorgeous. That variant. Yes. Yes. Where yeah. it's like, he's got like draped in soft linens, um, yeah. with his, with his white beard and his white hair. And you're just like, he just looks so comfortable. Like he's just wrapped in silk right now. Like I, he looks, I want to wear what he's wearing <laughs> is what I'm trying to say, but yeah, yeah good, I hope it's a good book. Yeah. I hope they make that. I'll wear that around the house. Stay go. warm. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Excellent book. I'm looking forward to more stuff um, from Johnson. I just, I'm really excited about this new era of Superman. I haven't been excited about Superman in a while and this being kind of the, the end point of his storyline and, and being able to play in both worlds in that sandbox is exciting to me. So very, very cool. Absolutely. Um, let's jump 1500 years. Let's jump yes. to the year 4,500. Yes. I might need your help with Swamp Thing. Did you read Swamp Thing? I did. I did. Okay. So uh, Swamp Thing comes to us by way of uh, Ram V or Ram V. I'm sorry for butchering that name and Mike Perkins. Um, and it was uh, kind of like Swamp Thing has his like cult of tree people um, that are following him around and they find a human and that human says that there's more humans at a laboratory. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's, star lab- it's a star laboratory. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which uh, star laboratories takes us back to kind of flash. Right. Like that's a all of all of DC. Yeah. All of DC. But yes, exactly. In the TV show, that's one of the most highlighted things right there. Yes. There you go. Yeah. So then they go there and then that's where things kind of get choppy. There's like a dude that what is he like an enemy of Swamp Thing or the Floronic Man? Yes. So the Floronic Man is one of the main villains of of Swamp Thing in in continuity. Uh, In the TV show, he was going to be. Oh my gosh. What's his name? Kevin Durant was going to play him. If you watched, watch the Swamp Thing first season, it got canceled, whatever, but it is a good, it's a decent telling of it. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Durant is supposed to play that character. I'm very disappointed. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I loved a lot of what I really loved about the, first of all, what drew me in was the artwork to this book. Cause I'm not, I, I didn't really follow Swamp Thing but I flipped through at the shop and I was like, this is gorgeous. I just want to look at this. So obviously I'm going to read the story and the story kind of drew me in where they're like in this desolate place and they're like talking like Swamp Thing would have been the only person to have ever come in contact with a human at this point. Um, The other tree people, if you will, or these people of the green or whatever they are. Yep. Um, you know, they had their cool little quirky personalities, but they were just so loyal to Swamp Thing, most of them at least. Um, and I, I just I thought it was very interesting. And of course, I'm I'm really into that post-apocalyptic stuff. And that's I really got that like day after tomorrow feel, except for Swamp Thing and his cronies are still well and good, but every everything else is just dead. And that's the big thing about um the green, right? If you really like Swamp Thing, and I know you dug this one, I I recommend going back and reading Scott Snyder's Swamp Thing and Jeff Lemire's Animal Man, and then okay. read that crossover between the green and the red. That's just a little bonus there for you. Sweet. Um, I, 
I loved it. I did like this book. I like that he eventually became basically the savior of humanity, right? As always. But yeah, no, yeah. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Excuse my yawning. It's so late here in New York. <laughs> I know. It's it's like it's like morning here for me. No, just oh. joking. <laughs> so that was that was kind of the funny thing. I thought that Swamp Thing was kind of the end of time, and then I learned that I was completely wrong. Um, because you know it feels like that's it like he's saving humanity but it moves on even farther yes, we are talking the year 82,200 and now this this is where i started to get kind of like wow this is where they're going with it mm-hmm. uh and we'll get to the end eventually but i don't understand why black adam wasn't its own book honestly yes i did read black adam so i i i agree although it it did confuse me like gold beetle i found to be insufferably annoying but it was it was wild it was just it's so far into the future it was wild yeah don't don't read booster gold then but read blue beetle okay blue beetle so Gold Beetle was neat. She did bring Skeets with her, which I loved, but then Skeets was killed. Um, but let's let's kind of let's kind of start at the beginning here. Um sure. this is this is the end of the I guess the unkindness storyline. That and that's why it confused me why it was in the back of Suicide Squad, right? Was it to sell Suicide Squad? I don't know. I don't have the answer to that, but um this story was written by uh, Jeremy Adams and um, Fernando pa- Passarin and Eau Claire Albert on art. And so this this jumps way ahead to the 80, 853rd century. And we see basically what is called the Justice Legion A. Now this team, this isn't the first time that they've appeared in DC Comics. This is, this is a reference back to a team that was introduced, I think, in the late 90s. Uh, but don't quote me on that. And so we meet wonder woman again i don't i don't really care about the rest of them honestly um but we meet wonder woman and she's all shiny and the story behind that is that she was made from clay originally she was made again from marble in the future and i was kind of and i didn't know all this i had actually i learned all this this week and i was like who is this wonder woman so what happens is mogo is a planet-sized green lantern and he goes missing and they're like, why is Mogo missing? And so they, they they investigate it and they find that the unkindness is on its way with the seven deadly sins who have basically taken over the bodies of different villains and heroes from the DC universe. Um, I only want to get into it. Read the book. Re- look at that splash page and don't tell me it's not insane. Um, oh, yeah. What happens is they they're like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Um, we can't we got to fight. We have to fight the unkindness. And so Superman prime who is Kal-El now golden. And I forgot exactly why I have to go back and look at that. He is, he's like this ultimate form of Superman. He goes to, he goes to fight the unkindness and he is defeated by the seven deadly sins who basically throw him into a sun, killing him, which was insane um so you know that they're dealing with some major stuff that nobody yeah. else can deal with i don't care if you're wonder woman i don't care who you are and this new superman's not cutting it so um they're like what are we gonna do so diana says 
I, I have an idea. So she says, let's go. And where do they go? Planet Conduct. Everything's a planet now in the future. Um, yes, apparently. We didn't talk about we didn't yeah, we didn't talk about Imperius Lex because I didn't really care that much about that book, but Lex has his own planet. There's planets everywhere. So everybody's left Earth because I guess it's been destroyed. <laughs> um, and so they go there and they meet Black Adam, who nobody expects to be like a really nice guy. And that's when um he revealed he actually has a child with Wonder Woman. And she's pregnant. I don't know how they work that in, but that's just thrown in there. Uh, it does become a little plot thing here. But you brought up Gold Beetle. She shows up from the somewhere in time in 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 all glorious, very booster goal talk, talking a million miles per hour. And so they have to get away, and they jump in and they take off. And they're trying to they're trying to really find a solution because um, nobody can face down what's coming. And they don't they don't know what to do. And I do want to mention something that that Black Adam has an advisor named Mitch Shelley. And Mitch Shelley is also known as the Re- Resurrection Man. And the Resurrection Man was a character that was introduced in recent time. A very interesting dark book, something that you might like. He can't die, right? Oh. And so this plays a major part in the story. Um, he wants to die. He that's like his wish, but somehow he ends up serving Adam. Uh, so they go on this journey uh, to try to find a safe place and they end up meeting the Phantom Stranger. And he takes them to the Tower of Fate, AKA the last bastion of magic. And so when they enter this, it, they, they are actually able to stay away from the unkindness. And the plan is to stay there and eventually, hopefully everything outside of it will figure itself out and then they can reemerge and rebuild and it's it's where we actually meet the quintessence which we um we meet in uh infant frontier which is that that group of um overwatchers right omnipotent beings yes guardians of the universe um not to be confused with all the guardians but gamthet is there during that time um so like i said Adam has a child with Wonder Woman. She's pregnant, which becomes a concern for him because good old Mitch Shelley has decided that he's had enough of life and unkindness makes a deal with him for final death if he lets them all of them into the, the Tower of Fate, which he does. And one of the saddest things about this is that you would, they write it in as if he had no time to really be at peace or enjoy he was just gone which was ultimately his goal but you kind of think about it, it's like that moment of peace it was sad but at the same time you're like what is what did this asshole do he just killed everybody yeah, <laughs> so, yeah so they come in they start killing everybody but the wizard and adam finally accepts his duty uh and i love this line because the wizard's like you're finally you're finally becoming the man I knew you always could be because black Adam, you know, spent so many years angry and the villain anti-hero, whatever. And this, this is how they can defeat the end is by him accepting who he truly is and absorbing the power of Shazam. And when he says it, uh, it destroys the unkindness. It sets everything. Okay. At that point, but it sends him back to the year 2021 and he's locked inside the rock of eternity. 
And now I understand why Black Adam is part of the Justice League and Infinite Frontier. Okay. Because he is the key to stopping all this. <clears throat> That's that, what this really set up. And I don't understand why this was not its own book. <laughs> That's pretty wild, uh, you breaking it down that way. Because I definitely did read Black Adam. It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. Right. But yeah, I was lost. So you've just enhanced that for me. Thank you. I I would hope that they would take like the Flash, Teen Titans, Shazam, and this and put it into one trade so you can read that whole story. Yeah. Because like I said, it was so it was so mixed up, the releases and how I decided to read. I should have I should have looked at the reading order. I was kind of dumb about that. But this the way they closed it out, I was just like, wow, this this sets up a lot of things uh, to come. And I'll answer some questions that I had about Infant Frontier and Black Adam. So, And not only that, it's really working him into being a hero, which they've been trying to do for so long, especially with the Dwayne Johnson movie coming. Yes, yes, because you know he's got to be a hero. It's The Rock. Right, exactly. And I, I'm, I've been telling everybody this. It's like if he wasn't attached to that movie, it'd be gone by now. Honestly, yeah. it would be gone. Agreed. Agreed. So where where are we at now, Chris? Well, we are at the end of time. And the book is Immortal Wonder Woman. I and did read this as well. What a book this was. Um, I actually, today I reread it because I really wanted to absorb it. And it was written so well because... The idea here is always hope. And the beginning of this book, oh, I'm sorry, who wrote this again? I got I'm being really bad about this, even after I said we gotta get our creative teams right every time. <laughs> get <laughs> well, on that. We did a lot better We're, this time. You did much better than me, I'll I'll tell you that. Um ah. anyhow, I'm gonna I'll go back to that because I don't want to lose my train of thought. The beginning of this book was amazing because she goes, she goes, she's She's doing a lot of reflecting. And the important thing here is to realize that it takes place in two times when she's reflecting and also like kind of the end of, of what we'll get to in a second just, here. What floating in space. Right. Exactly. And nothing. it's so exactly the, the nothing. <laughs> um, but here, here we learn about what the idea of the DC universe is and the Trinity is hope. It's always hope. People can say whatever they want about Batman and he's dark and whatever, but what he says here is, I don't, okay, she goes to the Batcave and she's, and she, I don't know if she dreams of Batman or he appears to her in spiritual form. I don't know what What's happens. Memory? I, I don't care what happens because here, here we have Bruce talking to his, one of his loves and they, they have immense respect for each other. And she's just, she is kind of down on herself and, and she's kind of losing hope. And Batman says, I don't believe in lost causes. And that was a very powerful, powerful line to me. And I think that's what really drove her, propelled her into, into the end game. Right. And she takes the utility belt, which I love. Yeah, that was that, that, that hurt. That did. I'm not, I'm not really big into Wonder Woman, but I am very aware of the relationship that they had, whether it, whether it was a love that was romantic and sexual, but also a respect of these two colleagues. Um, it was a very odd relationship. If you're ever in one, 
um, be feel lucky that you have it. Um, but for her to, when she takes his utility belt, man, like I felt that, you know, I felt that. Exactly. And so we jump, we jump to apocalypse and we see dark side who is addressed by big Barda as high father. And we learn that new Genesis is gone. Orion, his son comes in and says, you know, we, we got to do, but dark side is dark side. He doesn't care. He's like, go, go battle, whatever you have to do. I'm, I'm leaving. And so he goes into the, into space. And then as he's flying away, he realizes what he's been searching for his entire existence for the anti-life equation. And that the undoing is the anti-life equation, which is, was a very powerful moment for me being a dark side fan, but also the fact that he is, he's trying to avoid destruction and he sees all the gods around him being undone by the, you know, by the undoing. And that's something that, I don't think he can really comprehend or accept. And that's why he's like, I'm off. I'm off to go do whatever I'm going to do. Next up, we go back to Wonder Woman and the last of the Amazons and Swamp Thing. So we're, we're kind of in that time period after Swamp Thing saved the humans. Cause he's, he's got all those roots out. Yeah. This is the last stand of, of, of the gods basically. Right. So dark side shows up. He fights the Amazons Kal-El shows up, old man of Kal-El. This is another kind of Superman moment that confused me a little bit because of the whole time jumps back and forth. Mm. So here we see the true end of Superman, I think, right? Mm. I mean, that's it. Unless he comes back out of that sun that he uh, he took himself in yeah. dark side into and then he becomes Superman Prime. I think that's what happens because that sun explodes, yeah. <laughs> destroying the Earth's sun the last hope of our universe, our, our yeah, galaxy, our right galaxy. Here, right. Which was really powerful. So, um, yes. And then we get to the point where she's all alone in space, but she has hope and her whole dialogue there about that. Um, and, and just carrying on and just wanting to do um, just bring everything back if she can. Um, but even if this is her last moment, she hopes for more. Then she comes across Brainiac's ship and none other than the Spectres aboard. And they have a really interesting conversation because they are truly the last two beings in the universe. And yeah, go ahead. No, I am just going to say just to speak on the artwork here, you really felt that, that they were the last two people in existence I think the the artwork in this book really brought me to that that loneliness, that supreme alone. And as depressing as that sounds, when the art can do that, it's done its job. And that's why I love comics over books a lot of the time because of that medium. Because I like that. I like to see the translation of it. Yeah, I like to see what I'm reading sometimes and especially with uh in terms of something so epic of scale. Yes. Uh, like yes. But anyway, uh, so she's she's Spectre. They're the last two people, last two beings in existence. Exactly. And so they have this this great talk. You know, he kind of changes he's always been the vent the god of vengeance. And at the end he realizes that 
there is more to it than just that narrow that narrow view of of what he's always you know sought or had to be the judge of um and he smiles and i thought that was i thought that was amazing and then he disappears leaving wonder woman as the last being in the universe yeah that exchange their whole exchange it was very deep um and then yeah when then she's like truly alone that was like you felt that like that's it exactly and then what does she do she lets the darkness take her but out of that she's able to take all of her power and all of her hope and rebirth the universe from it creating a whole new beginning of opportunities and stories that may happen right because I want to talk about that in a second. I do want to mention uh, the, the team here of Becky Cloonan, Michael W. Conrad, and Jen Bartell. But I thought that was extremely powerful because yes. nobody's ever looked at Wonder Woman in this light as the most powerful being in the DC universe, period. Yep. <laughs> right? A, a god of creation. And yeah. like the last line is like, the, like the new gods and all this stuff. Um, and I just, it was such a beautiful end to all of this after so much darkness and so much, so many things that happened to our heroes that we didn't really want to see. And then finally this, this end result where everything is reborn and hope is renewed. So I really which, think though, too, <laughs> it's so apropos that it is Wonder Woman. I mean, even going back to, you know, what uh, Jay from Jay and Silent Bob, God herself. Um, but in, in all seriousness, like yes. to not only is creation a, a female, but it, it's it's Wonder Woman who is this beacon of hope and strength and beauty all wrapped into one thing, which is what you would want for creation, right? Um, exactly. It was, I loved, I thought it was so creative to kind of almost re-Big Bang DC at this, from this moment right here. I was just perplexed. I, I'm very glad I read this series because I wouldn't want to have had it ruined for me at any point and just to be able to absorb it myself reread it and and learn even more and like put the you know connect the dots and whatnot so i don't know what people's problems were with this i know that people don't like change i don't care if you haven't read it i suggest you check it out i i really do yeah no matter what level dc fan you are absolutely agreed i would say of uh, every like between this and joker war i would probably say i like this more um, don't get me wrong. Joker war was amazing and it was dirty and it was violent and it was uncomfortable at times. And it gave us such great characters and great stories, but it, it was very grounded in Gotham, very, very grounded in Gotham and with future state, another, the next crossover series, you know, it, it spanned not only so much time, but so many more characters and so many more. It wasn't just Gotham. You know, we're, we're right now, we're talking about the end of existence. 
I guess the important point is, is that this is a possible future. And that's what the specter says to Wonder Woman in Infant Frontier. He says that this, these events are one of many futures. Uh, what comes to pass depends on what humanity does. That's what I like about this is that you can't be like, well, they, they went and ruined the future of DC. They, they just juxtaposed all this stuff in to, to make everything more across the board for everybody. No, it doesn't matter. They, they told some great stories. They developed some great new mythos, but they left it open so that they could, you can do it or not, you know, like who knows what happens after infinite, infinite frontier. Right. So it's just like, yeah. I love the fact that we can go back now. We know kind of what these points are. We have questions mm-hmm. and we can read these new series and get really excited about them because I was like, I hate these new relaunch points, blah, blah, blah. But this, this is, this is genius. I, I agree. I agree. And that takes us right into what infinite frontier number zero. Did you want to touch on that or. Oh, yeah. Why don't you run through, you want to run through that a little bit? Just um, with the quit. Is, it's a quintessence. <laughs> Yes, the quintessence. You're right. It's the quintessence, um, which are these omnipotent beings. And what they've done is they've offered a seat on their table at to their table to Wonder Woman. At this point, they have said, Wonder Woman, you can join our ranks as part of the quintessence. You will be part of this omnipotent group, um, but you will not you will not be you won't have your friends. You will not be able to see them. Um, so Diana being Diana said, well, I can't really do that until I can ensure that everyone is okay. And so it, they ghost of Christmas past her and they take her to, you know, to visit all of the superheroes, you know, and they're okay. And they're, but there's little things going on um, that, you know, are going to open up into their own greater stories at the end of it all. She says, I, I can't I can't accept this. I have to do what I do as Wonder Woman. So peace out, Cub Scout. And she she leaves only to find out that the quintessence is that part I didn't understand. Were they puppeted the whole time or were they just killed in that moment or destroyed in that moment by Darkseid? My interpretation was that Darkseid killed them. And I feel I need to go back and read this issue now that I read Future State because I think it's going to open up a lot more um, things to me a little bit just for insight. But I wonder if if Darkseid, because he is omnipresent in a way, he's, he's a god, can somehow go back and, I don't know, like send himself back. Omega Beams did that to Batman. You know what I mean? It's like, can Darkseid take his what he knows in the future and, and apply it to the past and become even more of a threat. And that's, I don't know if that's truly what happened, but my idea was, my thought was that he had killed them, but I'll have to reread that. I, I thought either he killed them or he was puppeting them to get Wonder Woman to join. So maybe he could puppet her as well. So I don't know. I mean, it could just be, he just, he just killed them. She left and she killed them. But I'm wondering about this whole puppet kind of idea that I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm full of noises tonight. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> that was our soundboard. Um, no, the I'm really I'm really excited for this because it does it opens up 
infinite pathways. I'm just going to say it now. It, um, it does. <laughs> so this, what happens in infinite frontier is directly after uh, dark Knight's metal um, and the whole fallout from that, because I guess that's the idea of what dark Knight's metal did. It opened up the multiverse again. It opened yeah. up the idea of anything could happen. Um, we can have all these different storylines and timelines and whatnot. So this is going to be a mystery to unravel, I believe. I agree. I agree. I, but at this point, I could say, everyone, you know, I've started reading um, some Infinite Frontier issues. I mean, Batman 106, Joker number one, the, the newest Catwoman, um, the newest Nightwing. Um, so far, so good. All great issues. But does it seem like the status quo has changed since what you read in December that much? No, not really. Um, That's good. Honestly, like, you know, uh, Batman seems to have picked up where it left off. Um, you know, Joker, Joker is really picks up right at the end of Joker War. And there's a lot of ground to cover between the events of Joker War and Future State. Um, okay. There's a lot to go over there. And I'm very happy about that and the direction they're going. Um, but yeah, I mean, so far I'm really just digging everything. Awesome. Yeah. I, I'm going to get on that Joker war so I can get caught up on some Batman and then we can talk about that sooner or later. I'd love to do that. Uh, at some point, uh, the June solicitations just dropped for DC and there's a lot of, a lot of new infant frontier stuff in there from, uh, the new mini series that's coming out called infant frontier. Also the Inf infinite frontier classified, uh, which will be a few, bunch of off off to the side stories about some of the characters we've seen in the backstories of of these future state issues but uh very excited for what's to come in that but color me impressed with what dc did with this by not overwhelming us with books telling us some great stories giving us amazing backup stories and just giving a whole new wave of talent a chance to tell stories in the dc universe absolutely if you haven't picked up future state pick it up You'll enjoy it. Just read it. 100%. Uh, so, Rocco, you got anything you want to plug? A podcast you might be a part of? Or? Yeah, um, I'm part of this little show called the Critical Mass Podcast. Um, we our, our newest episode just dropped today um, where we discuss the Royals. It is a show that no one should listen to. Um, it's awful, and everybody hates not only listening to it, but being part of it. Um, so it's the critical mass podcast and that's on the D fat network where you will find a ton of podcasts, including, I believe this one right here, Chris, you are correct about that. My friend, uh, this is how I talk. Uh, this is actually a bonus episode, uh, and we're hoping to do more of these, uh, tell us I talk is usually a geek news. Uh, my friend Casey and I do it about every other week so if you want to tune in for the latest and greatest in geek news across the board check it out also rock and i do a star warriors podcast uh little little group thing that we do uh once a month and also uh rock and i've been doing the marvel comics side of things so if you're interested in uh and reading those we do do spoilers so just warning there if you want to check out some great star wars talk check out star warriors podcast and there are Tons of other shows on the Defense Entertainment Network uh, from different genres. So you'll find something you like out there, I'm sure. And I hope. And um, Rocco, I'm glad we did this today. This was awesome. Yeah, man. I had a blast. Thanks a lot. And uh, everybody out there, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye.